Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Father God, hide me behind the cross. That they will see none of me but all of you. Let me, oh God, decrease as you increase. Now God, send your glory train through this house. Heal, deliver, save, and set free. And we'll give you all the glory and all the praise that is due only to you. In the matchless and powerful name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, in his name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. The walking dead. The walking dead. First of all, I don't have to remind you that we are living in some perilous times. We have enemies we thought were defeated long ago are rising once again. Demonic forces are making their presence known in greater ways in our communities, our schools, and our families. Our political arena is more corrupt than it has ever been. Wrong is called right, and right is called wrong. Can I talk to you this morning? Laws are being made and passed trying to appease ungodly, while many people are criticized and ostracized for standing on their morals and trying to live justly, a basically morally respected life, just trying to do right. Demonic ideals and agendas are being pushed by the television and news media. And Deacon Mormon schools are, be, are pushing evil and perverted agendas while parents are left out in the dark. Every corner of the world is affected by the sinless and immoral lives that many are living. The most holy place on earth hosts the largest ungodly festivals in the world where sin is ignored. Now, I'm not a political savvy. Maybe I should be. But every week I watch as the Speaker of the House is selling pieces of himself. He must compromise on certain things and give up certain things to get the votes needed to stay as a Speaker of the House. Sure, he got what he wanted, but at what price? Come on, somebody. See, there's a desire in the world for people to compromise their beliefs, to lower and disregard their standards. And to live life against the will and the word of God. Am I right about it? Religions are preaching an unholy gospel. Trying to get along with a sinful world. Attempting to have peace and get along with ungodliness. They say we are all one and we all serve the same God. But in different ways and all the different ways and it means are equally acceptable to the Lord. That's a lie straight out of the mouth of hell. The only way we are truly on the same side is if we are on the Lord's side. Come on, somebody. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. And one day every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Let me say it is in our duty to stand up for the truth. We must put up a real fight for the faith which was once for all committed to those who belong to Christ. We need to be fighting against the evil. The evil that is attacking the truth of God and stand strong, Deacon Morgan. We cannot compromise our standards. We can't afford to appease the world. 
We can't follow the way of the world and expect to be the church of God. Do you hear me? Am I talking to somebody now? We got to stand up for the standard of holiness and truth. Tell somebody this season about loss. It's about loss. It's all about the walking dead. See, Jesus declared that he who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life will keep it for eternal life. Where you and I are now in our lives, in our struggles, our chaos, and in our issues, it's all about losing. One can say, in fact, that this is a season for losers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't want to say it right now, but it is. See, I'm reminded of the walking dead in an American post-horror um, drama, The Apocalypse. And the series featured a large ensemble cast as survivors of the zombie apocalypse trying to stay alive under near constant threat of attacks from the zombies, chiefly known as the walkers by other characters. So with the collapse of modern civilization, these survivors must confront other human survivors who have formed groups and communities with their own set of laws and morals, sometimes leading to open hostile conflict between them. It's called the walking dead. See, now a loser by social standards is one who has failed to accomplish any relevant success or significance in his life. But by God's standards, a loser is one who has totally immersed his life in the will and the way of Jesus. This is a season for losers. Somebody say losers. Jesus is looking for some losers. I know you don't like that word. Come on, somebody. Because we've been stigmatized with it. But see, now many of us are saying to ourselves, I've already lost so much. What else is there for me to lose? How much more do I have to endure in order to come out of this experience with some sense of dignity? How much more can I lose? You lost a husband, a wife, a son, a daughter. You lost a job, your health, and even your peace of mind. You've lost some friends, your sense of purpose, your direction, and your strength to endure. Some of us have lost so much. We've lost and buried loved ones. We divorced and lost spouses. We've lost jobs and foregone opportunities. And now we're concerned about losing more, losing our children to the streets, losing members of our churches to complacency, losing our control and voice in the church. We're concerned about losing. And yet with all that you have lost, God wants you to know there is still more of you to lose. The essence of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is about loss. An authentic gospel begins with loss. It begins with dying. You got to die. Come on, somebody. It begins with the cross. And if the gospel that you hear is not talking about the cross and the true gospel, then it's not the true gospel. See, the true gospel is not just about you coming to Jesus as you are. You all didn't get that. It's about you being baptized in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's about you losing your former life and gaining a new life in Christ. This season is about losing. It's about loss. You see, right there, many of us have a problem. We have trouble coming to church and losing something, right? We came to get something. That's all right. We came to get a blessing. We came to get our praise on. 
We came to get an encouraging word, some hope for tomorrow, and some assurance that everything is going to be all right. Many of us came to get something or someone. You all didn't get that. We did not come to lose. We've been taught to come to church seeking a blessing, praying to get, never to lose. See, I'm losing some of you all right now. We come in praying, Lord, give me a financial breakthrough. Lord, give me some peace of mind. Lord, give me a better husband. Lord, give me a well-behaved child. We come out together not to lose. And after all, who sets out on a journey to lose? That doesn't make sense, right? We've been told that in this world it's best to be a winner. It's best to get all you can get and do all you can to hold on to what you've gotten. No one wants to lose. No one wants to become a loser. Am I right? Y'all heard that many times. If you want to make some folk mad, just call them a loser. Are you with me this morning? But saints, I stopped by to tell somebody this morning that following Jesus is a matter of losing. I have decided to follow Jesus. Have you really? Because if you follow Jesus, you're going to lose. And you're going to die to some stuff. And I'm here to help you get your priorities right. It is a matter of letting go. Our modern philosophy of life is a matter of holding on and hanging on in there. We've been trained to say, oh, I'm just holding on. Day in and day out, we struggle to hold on to our job, hold on to our house, hold on to our family, hold on to our money. Come on, somebody. Jesus' words that we must lose our lives create for many of us a conflict interest. We don't want to lose anything. We're going to gain everything. And so this morning, like Jesus, our souls are troubled. We can't sleep. We are overworked. We are underpaid. Our minds are constantly going. We're working on, uh, walking on eggshells, looking over our shoulders, waiting for something terrible to happen. We are mentally and physically on heightened alert. Our souls are troubled. And yet, for the sake of the gospel, we, the cause of chosen, the church, the disciples of Jesus Christ, must maintain our faith and assurance. Every day in our lives, in our sitting down and rising up, there are those around us who just want to see Jesus. Our children and young folk, they came to see Jesus. They do not want to get caught up in our church politics and mafia lifestyle. Come on, somebody. They do not want to see our beautiful buildings here, our wonderful praise music, our taste of good food doing fellowship hours. They just want to see some receipts. Somebody holler receipts. Did you get that? Is there anybody here who knows what I'm talking about? These young folk are tired of playing church. I know you don't want to hear this, but I'm going to hear it. I'm going to get out of the way. Come on, somebody. Is there anybody in here who wants to see the lame walk, the deaf hear, the dumb speak, sick heal, and the lost say, y'all not going to talk back to me? Do you want to see Jesus? Tell somebody they want to see Jesus. They don't want to hear you talking gossip about the other church members. They want to see Jesus. They don't want to hear you uh, in your personal opinions and your thoughts about the pastor and the leadership. They just want to see Jesus. Tell somebody, I want to see Jesus. I just want to see Jesus. And right now, I need to see Jesus. All week, I've heard about the UAW striking and people dying and politicians lying. But right now, show me Jesus. All week, I've seen our children misbehaving. My spouse is acting funny and friends acting shady. But right now, just show me Jesus. Don't tell me what you're going to do. Just show me Jesus. I've seen your position. I know your title. I've heard your accolades. 
but just show me Jesus. I just want to see Jesus. When I come through those doors, I want to see Jesus. I'm sorry, but I don't want to see you. I want to see Jesus. I need to see Jesus right now. Come on, somebody. See, no wonder the Bible says Jesus' soul was so troubled. He spent the majority of his life showing his disciples and the people signs and wonders. And yet, they did not believe. He spent his life preaching and teaching about the kingdom of God, about blessedness, righteousness, and truth. And yet, they still did not believe. He spent his life healing the sick, casting out devils and raising the dead. And yet, they still did not believe, Reverend. And at this 11th hour of the life, people are coming to see him perform and prove that he is a Christ so that they can believe. Well, see, you didn't come here for no performance. Come on, somebody. And likewise, people are coming to you to see Jesus so that they may believe. That's why it's important for you to watch what you say. Tell somebody, watch what you say. See, what you're saying now during these troubling times will determine your destiny with God. Your response while you're going through this season of trouble will determine your next level of glory. Jesus said, what shall I say? They want to see me at my best. But I'm not about to go through the worst period of my life. I'm getting ready to go to the cross. What should I say? Tell someone, watch what you say. Watch what you say when you're confronted with problems about the world and what's going on. And as Christians, we don't support war. We support peace. We pray for those in war, but we support peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. Yes, Jesus said, my soul is troubled. What will I say? See, we need to stop complaining, groaning and moaning. I know, I know, I know. I know you don't want to hear it. I know it. Shall I cuss or fuss or fight? Shall I criticize, scrutinize, and scandalize? What will we say? Tell somebody, watch what you say. And see, many of us are going through some dark times in our lives and maybe saying the wrong type of prayer. We are praying for deliverance and relief. But I want you to know right now that if you turn, if you turn your prayer from the one of deliverance to one of acceptance, you'll come out victoriously. If you turn your petition of, Lord, please get me out of this. Come on, somebody. Instead of, here is my, and say, here is my life, Lord, you shall have victory. Jesus declared, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. For this purpose, I have come to this hour. He accepted what God was about to take him through. And likewise, accept the fact that you will just have to go through what you're going through. For this is the hour. This is the season for which you have come. Yes. Now, what shall we say? This is the season that God has prepared just for you. Every disappointment. Every discouragement. Every lie. Every tear you cried. The pain you felt. Everything you've been through for this hour. Every friend that left you. Every family member that doubted you. Every enemy that laughed at you, everything you've been through was for this hour. You've been called here for such a time as this. Solomon said for everything, there's a time and a season. God has prepared you for this season. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but you can do this. He would not have brought you to this such a thing as this if he did not know you prepared for it. This is your season of glorification. This is your time for a glorified life. Yes, you are scared and feel lonely, but God will be glorified. Come on, somebody. Yes, you don't know where your next dollar is coming from, but God will be glorified. Who am I talking to this morning? Yes, folks are looking at you and talking about you and criticizing you, but God will be glorified. 
your response and my response as we go through this season should be, Father, glorify your name. Be glorified in the heavens. No matter what I'm going through, God, just be glorified. So how would God be glorified as I go through the season of loss? I'm glad you asked. He's glorified in your willingness to fall before him. God is glorified when we're willing to abase ourselves in his presence. Like the grain or seed, we must be willing to fall to the ground. Like the seed in order to grow, you must be willing to fall and to die. See, you see, a seed is no good and serves no purpose if it's not planted. And the problem with many of us in the church is that our lives have been sterile. We have no purpose. What do you mean? You mean I come here to church every Sunday? No, you have no purpose. We are making no difference in the community. We have no growth. There's no fruit of the Spirit in our lives. There's no love. There's no joy. There's no peace. Come on, somebody. I need some help here. No patience. No kindness. No goodness. No faithfulness. No gentleness. No self-control. We're in the same place we were when we first joined the church. And that's the problem. We joined the church and we didn't join Christ. I know I ain't going to get no help in here. See, we are bowl of seeds when we should be in the ground because as long as we are above the ground, we can be seen, right? We can be heard. We can walk by sight and use our common sense and be the voice of reason. Yet, as long as we remain above the ground, we're the most vulnerable to our enemy. See, the birds can feed off us. The rodents and the pestilence can devour our lives. Here, the enemy, the devil, can still have access to our lives. But Jesus said when we come upon holy ground, we must be willing to allow some things to fall off us. We must be willing to lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. But falling to the ground in itself is still not enough. Jesus said we must die. God will be glorified in the depth of your fleshly desires. Our flesh must perish so that our spirits may live. I know you haven't heard anything like this before, but I'm going to preach it. That's because the harder the coat of the seed, the longer the germination process. And many of us come to the Lord with hard codings. Life has made us hard. We got walls around us and, and in us. We don't trust anyone. Am I down your street? We don't know how to care for others. We can't love them as well as ourselves because we don't even love ourselves. We were surrounding ourselves with folk, situations, and things that make it difficult for God to reach inside of us and deal with our hearts. And so although we may be planted in the church, our hard hearts have prevented our spiritual growth. Our hard hearts have prevented the entrance of living water of the Holy Ghost. Our hard hearts impede exchange God's spirit in our souls. See, ourselves, our flesh must die. We must let stuff go. All that unforgiveness. Folk have died and gone on to glory wherever. And we still holding something against them because we want to be heard we want to voice our opinions no you got to die our fear of losing control and not being involved in how things ran around us that must die to gain our lives in Christ we must be willing to lose ourselves in Christ we must be willing to lose our identity in order to gain spirituality we must be willing to let self die in other words we must become humble and are based. We must die. Somebody say die. die. And see the problem with many churches today is that many Christians have not yet died. How do you know? Because when I look on your face and you're frowning, 
Come on, somebody. When I look on your face and you looking at your watch, you are not dead yet. Come on, somebody. Christ said if we still get upset because of trifling church mess, we still got to die. If we get mad because our name is not on the program, you got to die. If we lose our joy because nobody speaks to us when we come into church, you got to die. If our nose get bent out of joint because the pastor didn't say no to your proposal the leadership, you got to die. If our emotions are troubled because of the power play in the church, you got to die. Somebody holler, die. If you're the one who needs to be in control and deems it necessary to manipulate everything and everybody around you, you got to die. Come on, somebody. The I in you must die. Your pride must die. Your ego must die. Your arrogance must die. Oh, I know I'm talking to you. If you don't hear another message today, your ambition must die. And when self is dead, then our spirit can live. It's not what Jesus said. Uh, what did Jesus say to Nicodemus? Truly I say to you, unless you've been born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. We got to allow some things in our life to die. Well, Mary Heggie, Jesus, Paul said, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Oh, I wish I had some help in here this morning. And listen, I'm almost through. See, dying is a lonely experience. It's dark and trying season in your life. When you decide to really allow God to kill off those sinful diseases in your life. And you begin a lonely wilderness process. The storms will come and the winter will come. Your life will be extreme and often barren. That's because your flesh, flesh is dying. And those in the world don't want to be around dead things, right? You wonder why folk don't want to be around you? Because you're dead. A dead man walking. Come on, somebody. See, when you look up here, I'm a dead woman walking. Come on, somebody. And I know folk don't want to be around me, but that's okay because I understand. Folk don't like dead things. Y'all can't get no help in here. I'm getting honestly with you. There were times when I didn't even want to be around dead things until I woke up and saw Jesus. And if you don't like being around me, I understand. It's because I'm dead. Who had the nerve to say, Lord, I'm dying for you? I'm dying for you. See, see, you got to be ready to know that folk going to talk about you. They're going to say you're too deep for them. You're too high and mighty for them. They'll talk about you and make comments about you. No, they don't like you, and they don't know why they don't like it. But let me tell you, it's hard to kill a dead person. You don't believe it, you go to Trice Fuller home. Come on, somebody. Well, you a dead man, a dead woman working. Come on, somebody. You can't kill them off so easily. So in other words, I'm here to stay because I'm dead. Come on, somebody. My body is dead. I'm almost through. But my spirit is coming alive. And when it comes to the church of Jesus Christ, it should be filled with folk who have become dead to the world. The church should be filled with walking dead. In fact, when the world sees you, they say, dead man walking. Dead man walking. When they see you young folk, dead child walking. Come on, somebody. You want to know why people in your church, in your school don't like you? Because you're dead. You're dead to the world. You're dead to sins. But it's okay to be dead. Because greatest heat is in you than heat is in the world. Come on, somebody. 
The church should be filled with walking deads. Tell somebody, she's talking about me. She's talking about me. And so as I get ready to close, the good news of the gospel is, if you're willing to lose your life, to let those worldly concerns die, then you should gain your life. God will be glorified in your life. And you receive temporary, not temporary, but permanent existence. This is why the resurrection means everything. You shall gain your purpose with the Prince of Peace. You shall have your relevance with the Righteous One of God. Those who seek to save their lives shall lose their lives. And those who hate their lives shall gain eternal life. Jesus used himself as an evidence that even the best of us can still get better. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? As glorious as Jesus was, he was still yet to be glorified. There was still a level of glory for him to ascend. He had yet to be at his best. I would have thought he was glorified when the heavens opened up and the Holy Ghost descended upon him. And the Father said, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. But that was not Jesus at his best. I thought maybe he was at his best when he stood on the boat in the midst of a raging sea and said, peace be still. And the winds slumbered down. But yet that was not his best. Come on, somebody. Some would have surmised that Jesus was at his best when he raised Lazarus from the dead. But he was still not at his best. When he fed 5,000, come on, somebody, three fish and five loaves of bread, he still was not at his best. When he healed the woman with the suffer of blood, he was still not at his best. Some would have surmised that when he raised Lazarus from the dead, he was still at his best. No, Jesus was not at his best, but he was at his best when he carried an old rugged cross up on a hill called Golgotha. He was at his best when his enemies nailed him to the cross and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He was at his best when he allowed the crowd to mock his name, pierce him in his side, place a crown on his head. He could have come down a host of angels, but he said he stood there. He laid there because he saw you and I. Generation. Jesus was at his best when he cried out, It is finished. Into my head, thou hast, Father. I commend my spirit. And he died. And he died. Yes, he died. He died. And he was at his best when they buried him in a barred tomb. He was at his best when the third day he rose, stood before the disciples, and declared, All heaven, earth, and keys have been given unto me. Because he lives, church. Now the dead can sing. I'm free. Praise the Lord, I'm free. No longer bound. No more chains holding me. My soul is rested. And it's just a blessing. Hallelujah. Thank God I'm free. I can say my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Why? Because I'm dead. I can say what can wash away my sins. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Saints, listen to me. If you're willing to die, this is your best moment. If you're willing to come out of that darkness, knowing that God has triumphed, Jesus has gotten the victory, and he's given you the power. I don't care what they say. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Are you willing to die? Is there anybody willing to die out there? Will you die for Jesus? 
Will you die to yourself? Will you die to anger and accuracy? Will you die to sin at this time? Reverend Webb, would you come and open the doors of the church? We know that you have been blessed through the hearing of God's Word on this day. We invite you to join us at New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, located at 4813 Hilltop Needmore Road, Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. For more information, you can contact our ministry at 919-552-3531 or visit our website at www.newprovidencebaptist.com. Thank you for joining us and be blessed.